0: If you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to read Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. I'm not going to be long today. I told Rick, I promise we'll be done by 4.30 at least. And um, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But uh, it's so, so good to be here with you guys. I've missed you a lot. And um, Matt, you've done me a tremendous honor. If, if, If you haven't met Matt... He's a friend of mine. We work for the same company. He works here in Charlotte. I work in Fayetteville. We met at budget camp, struck up a friendship. I texted him. I said, hey, I'm going to be in Charlotte this week. Would you like to come? And and it's a tremendous honor what you've done is to come and show up. I appreciate that. You are awesome. Thank you. If you have Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, we're just going to read quickly. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people under the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said to Moses. Now, before you're seated, turn to somebody beside you and let them just tell them, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming today. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel were God's chosen people. To no other nation had God ever said, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. But for a time, the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. For 400 years, they were beaten and battered. For 400 years, they endured hardships. Never enough food, never enough rest, enough peace. The only things they had too much of was hard work and the hot Egyptian sun. It was 400 years of never enough. Then the Bible tells us that the mighty hand of God brought them out of Egypt, they spoiled the Egyptians as they were leaving. They crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They stood on the far far shores of the Red Sea and they beheld as the hand of God just wiped out their enemies. Completely wiped out the Egyptian army. For the next 40 years the Bible tells us that there were no sick or feeble among them. For 40 years their shoes never wore out. They had a cloud to cover them from the hot desert sun by day, and a a pillar of fire to to light up and warm the, the cold desert nights. They were really, really, and truly blessed. Every single morning, they woke up to find that a miracle had occurred. Manna, angel's food, had miraculously fallen from heaven. All they were required to do was gather it up and prepare. That's blessing. That's being richly and truly blessed of God. But they soon found out that there was a catch. You see, every time they tried to gather just a little bit extra, every time they tried to have just a little bit more, the Bible tells us the manna would go bad and spoil. Now I'm wondering, does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody say, boy, every time I get just a little bit, the transmission goes out. Does, does that happen to anybody? Every time I try to get just a little bit put aside, something pops up. That's exactly what the children of Israel were going for. Every time they tried to get just a little bit extra It would go bad and spoil. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a whole lot better than slavery, it was a whole lot better than 400 years of never enough. But in spite of the fact that they were blessed, they found themselves stuck and mired in just enough. But the children of Israel were God's chosen people, they were the people of promise, they were a people of destiny. God had promised them that every place that the soles of your feet shall touch, that have I given thee. So, so all right, God, let, let, me, let me see if I understand. Now, what, what if I was to put my feet right here? It now belongs to you. Okay, God, now, what if I were to put my feet over here? It now belongs to you. Okay, God, now now, let me see if I understand. What if I was to go way, way over there? You put your feet on it, I'll give it to you. That is the promise that the children of Israel had. But that was not their reality. You see, their promise was every place the soles of your feet shall touch. Their promise was as far as you want to go. But their reality was just enough. They were living beneath their promise. Now, just like Israel before us, we too are a people of promise. We too are a people of destiny. The Bible has promised good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The Bible has promised us exceedingly abundantly above all. We love to quote those. We love to get excited about them. I want to ask you a quick question. When's the last time you put your hands up and you said, God, just stop, stop, stop. I can't take no more. My house is full. My garage is full. My shed is full. Bank just called. Now they said they're full. You see, our promise is exceedingly abundantly above all but that is not our reality. Our promise is good measure, pressed down, shaken together. But our reality is just enough. Just like Israel before us, we are living beneath our promise. Now, bless God in the Bible, there's a way out of just enough. Joshua 3 and 5 says it this way. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I read that and I thought, that's it? Two words? Sanctify yourselves. You got a million people getting ready to step out into destiny, Joshua. And all you can come up with is sanctify yourselves. You got a million people getting ready to break out into a whole new level in their relationship with God. And, and all you can come up with is sanctify yourselves. So I looked it up because you just, you, you just, anything that short, anything that succinct, you, you just feel like there's something hidden deep down inside of there. So I looked up the definition of the word sanctify. Are you ready? The state of proper functioning. Yeah, it didn't do a thing for me either. (laughs) But then I went on to read the second definition of the word sanctify. And I began to get a hold of what it was that Joshua was really telling the children of Israel. Now remember, they're standing at the shores of the... Jordan River they're getting ready to cross into the promised land and he's telling them sanctify yourself because tomorrow the Lord is going to do wonders among you and 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 you get down into the meaning of the word sanctify and this is what you find whenever a person or a thing has been sanctified it means that that person or that thing has been set apart solely For the use intended by the designer, set apart solely for the use intended by the designer, it's time that we begin to live set apart. I was talking to Rick on the phone and he was telling me the, the direction that the church has been moving and, and, and where you seem to be positioned right now. And, and I felt like this message, how, how it almost seems like that C3 is, is right on the edge of that Jordan River, getting ready to break out into your new level of relationship with God, getting ready to step out into your promised land. And so the message today is to sanctify yourselves in preparation for that move. What does it mean to sanctify yourself? What does it mean to to sanctify yourself? The first section of it is this. The very first point I want you to understand is that Joshua said, sanctify yourselves. And that's key, because Brother Don can't sanctify you. Pastor can't sanctify you. If you're going to reach out, if you're going to step out into your promises, if you're going to get to a place where you begin to lay hold of some of the things that God has promised to put in your life, if you're going to start filling some of these empty chairs and bringing in new ones, if you're going to get that breakout that you've been hungry for, if you're going to get to a place where that, the power of God can begin to move and manifest in your life, You're going to have to get to a place, and it all starts with a made-up mind. The very first part of it is a made-up mind that I'm going to sanctify myself. Number two, this one might be the toughest of all of them, set apart. It sounds lonely because it is. You see... If you're going to get your breakout in God, if if, if you're going to go deeper in God and become the man or the woman that that he has called and destined you to be, you're going to have to come to a place where certain things are just no longer going to have the priority that they once did. You're going to have to, and, and forgive me for saying this, I'm not your pastor, but just understand the meaning of what it is that I'm saying. But I believe it's time to turn the TV off and turn the prayer music on. Hey, I'm not saying it's evil. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying, do you want your breakthrough? Do you want to grow in God? Do you want to become the man or woman God has called you to be? It might just be that it's time to turn the TV off and turn the prayer music on. It might be time to put your phone down and pick your Bible up. I'm talking about breaking out. Yes, it's lonely. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's worth it. Yes, it's worth it. Number three, solely. Now, this alludes to a singularity of purpose, being in a state of a made-up mind. It's being in unity with what God wants to do in your life. Now, stand with me, if you would, please. I'm going to read you number four, and I'm going to get out of God's way. I know you are shocked because... uh, I'm I'm usually not this brief, but um, I believe that where the church is right now, I believe that where you are going, I believe that if you will lay hold of this, if you will take this home, chew on it in your mind, incorporate it into your life, I think you're going to begin to see some things begin to happen in your life and in the lives of those around you because when we begin to set ourselves apart unto God, It begins to take the handcuffs off of God. We begin to loose him to be free. Like the song says, we are here for you. Do what you do. That needs to become our anthem. That needs to become the anthem of our lives. For the use intended by the designer. Now let me explain sanctification to you in a way that makes sense. How many of you got a treadmill at home and it ain't sanctified? See, a lot of hands. You know why? Whoever designed and built your treadmill never intended you to hang laundry. (laughs) Whoever designed and built your treadmill, they didn't build it. Now, we need to make this real strong because they're going to put some shoe boxes and they're going to put some laundry and they're going to put some. Your treadmill is not sanctified. Your treadmill was designed and built for you to walk and to run and to exercise. How many of you got a weight bench at home it's not sanctified? Got one on the back porch holding up petunias. Your weight bench was built and designed for you to lift weights. It was, when they were building it, now we need to make it so big because they're probably going to put some tomatoes and some lavender and a little bit of petunias and, and maybe a cucumber. Your weight bench is not sanctified. Why? Because it's not operating according to the purpose that the designer had in mind. You have a duty before God as a Christian. Ask yourself, why did God choose me? Why did God single me out? Why did God bring me out? Why was he so merciful? He poured out his love on me. He poured out his grace on me. He washed away my sins. He purged my iniquities. He put a new mind in me. He he put his spirit into me. Why? Because of my gifts? Because I'm so talented? Because I'm so good looking? No, no, no. Because God, when He created you, always had a plan in mind. He always had a design. He always had a role that you were to play, a a mission that you were to fulfill. God has always had that in mind for you. And we have a duty to God. We have a duty to God to so orchestrate our affairs. To so conduct our life in such a way. Hear me, C3. Hear me. We have a duty to God. To live our life in a way. That at any moment of his choosing. His anointing. And his power can begin to flow through us. And into the lives of the people that he's placed in our sphere of influence. We are to so live that God at any moment of his choosing can begin to bless the lives of the people that he has put in our sphere of influence. So I tell you, C3, is anybody sick and tired of just enough? Is there anybody in here today that's had just about enough of just enough? Is there anybody here today That you really, really want God to do something in your life. You really, really, really need a move of God in your life. I'm calling you to this altar, C3. I'm going to call you to this altar and ask you to stand right here. Put your hands up, look toward God, and begin the process of sanctifying yourself sanctify yourself, a made-up mind to fulfill His purpose, a made-up mind to set yourself apart and and pull yourself toward the things of God, a made-up mind to do and fulfill His will, to fulfill His purpose, to fulfill His plan in your life, to take the handcuffs off of God, to take the brakes off of God's Spirit from flowing in your life, and in the lives of the people around you. Are you sick and tired of your mom being sick? Are you sick and tired of your kids being sick? Are there things in your life that you just can't take anymore, that enough is enough and this has got to go? You don't belong here. You you, you have no claim on my life. How dare you intrude upon my life like this? We all have those things. Let's seek the face of God right now. Let's ask God to bring us to a place where we can give him all of our mind, where we can give him all of our heart, where we can give to him all of our being. Sanctify yourself, C3. Sanctify yourself. for one more moment could we just say God have your way in me could we just ask God to have your way in me God I bring myself before you and I want you to have your way in my life I, I want you to change me and transform me I want you to renew me and restore me God I want you to move in my life and help me to come to a place where I can begin to fulfill that plan that you have for me where I can be brave enough and bold enough where I can gain the courage and the faith that it takes to step out into my destiny to win my battles to slay my giants to to rescue my loved ones who are trapped in sin God we're thankful we're thankful for your goodness we're thankful for your mercy we're thankful for the love that you have poured out on us. C3, I want to thank you for inviting me to be here. You're a special bunch of people. I do. I was remiss earlier. One thing that I failed to say is do not misunderstand. I'm here in mind. I'm here in spirit, even if I'm not here in body. I pray for you guys. I ask God to bless your services. I listen in on some of the sermons while I'm working in empty apartments. I might not always be here in body, but I am here with you in spirit. I love to see the, uh, the crowd growing and a bunch of new faces. I'm hoping to get to meet a few of you after church and say hello. I'm thankful for you having me here. And I pray in Jesus' name that this
1: has blessed you and will help you grow. In Jesus' name.